Laura Giles, your host of Modern Animism Radio. Just past May Day, a day when the veil between worlds is thin and many of us talk to the ancestors. Or maybe you got some messages from the other world and aren't quite sure what to make of it. No worries. My guests today are Trudy and David Allen Brown, psychic mediums, and they're going to share some of their experiences in the spirit world with us so that we can all learn together. So let's give gratitude to the elements so that we can get right to our guests. I acknowledge the element of earth and thank you for the lovely, generous land where we live. I acknowledge and give gratitude to the air for our breath, breath of life, and the winds carry messages to and from the spirit realms that help us to keep connected. I acknowledge and thank the element of fire and ask you to burn away things that separate us and help us so that we can live in connection with others. I acknowledge and give gratitude to the water for our intuition, dreams, and feelings. Thank you, water, for reminding us of our feminine ways of knowing. I give gratitude to our human, plant, animal, and mineral ancestors. And as you look out into the world today, help us to remember that we belong to you as you belong to us. And I haven't done this yet on our um, program, but I'd also like to give gratitude to the medical workers and the people who are keeping us going during the time of corona. Um, and thank you to everybody who's listening and to those who are popping in on social media, on our virtual meetings. Uh, I can't say that Corona has been comfortable, but it's definitely been a blessing and that we're seeing so many new faces, and that's always exciting. So if we've been helpful to you and you want to reach back with a donation, you can do that on our website at pansociety.net, and there's a link at the bottom of any page. So spirits, let's talk to the people who can tell us about spirits, Trudy and David Allen Brown. Hey, guys. Hey. Hello. Thanks for coming. Absolutely. Thanks so, for having us. Sure. So what's it like uh, growing up being able to talk to dead people? <laughs> well, for me, it's uh, uh, it's always been a, something I've always done, so it's always been a like a super blessing for me. Um, uh-huh. And it's always been a something that's been like a, I guess, I don't know, not like a blessing and a curse, but in, in a sort of way, yeah. But I found that through through the negative things of it, you know, there's always, like, a brighter side to everything. You know, and it uh-huh. just enlightens me more information and more insight and more learning. Yeah, for me. Hmm? I'm sorry, Judy, go ahead. Oh, no, for me, you know, um, I, didn't, I didn't always realize that that's what I was doing growing uh-huh. up. Um, it was I was probably four or five when my 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 closest family member at the time was my grandmother. I spent a lot of time in nursing homes. Uh, we took care of my great grandmother there, and um, spirit would come and talk, and uh, and I would reference things to people that they would tell me to talk to, and I thought they were still alive. But as time grew, you know, they would my grandmother would say, you know, you can't talk about those things. They're you know that that's not supposed to be happening, and you know, those people are dead. And so that's how I learned that um, what I was doing was actually talking to people that had passed away. Ah, okay. So you couldn't tell the difference between the living and the dead? Not when I was small. They would, they would like, walk up and it looked like they were just walking towards me like anyone else or, or wheeling up in their wheelchair or things like that. Um, okay. And they looked very real and very, like a, like a, a solid being at that time. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And David, you said you mentioned there's some negative aspects of it. What what are some of the negatives? Well, it's um, 
when, when I was young, it was I had a lot of fear because I didn't know who the who who the people were, and I had uh-huh. lots of visitors all the time. I had like two or three ones that always came, but um, but it was always really it was always very very strong, very very intense, and it was you know when you're young and you don't you don't know what you're doing and you don't understand what's happening in a way it's you know you become afraid you know but but it i don't know it was like uh like the neighbor next door or something you know you, you know who the person is but you don't really know who they are so uh-huh. it wasn't i was afraid of not knowing but i wasn't afraid because they're my neighbor i see them every day you know and then so random knew, ones would go, so you knew there was something different yeah or thinking about the what what you were experiencing? Yes. Yeah. For me, I, I for me, I always knew they were they were uh, deceased. Ah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And my mom my mom was a medium also, so uh, that uh, sort of helped a little bit. But she never really <laughs> gave me a lot of like direction. Mhm. Did other kids react to to either one of you? Uh, I I pretty much had kept it to myself because of the way my family dynamic was um, until I got older. Uh, I think the first time anyone knew kind of what I did, I was around 14 or 15. They just thought it was like a cool party trick, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> they didn't understand uh, everything that it encompassed, and neither did I at the time, to be honest. So, Trudy, you're, you didn't have anybody in your family who could do this too then? No. Ah, okay. I have what intuitive family members, but other than that, no. Okay. So so what was that like not having that support or that guidance? Uh, it, it, it almost makes you feel like you have a really bad secret <laughs> and you're not supposed to share it. So, uh, you know, there was some shame that came along with it. Uh, you know, what am I doing wrong? Why, why is it so... Um, so bad. You know, uh, my, my family was very Christian-based growing up, um, you know, and it was seen as something that was bad. So you need to hide it. Don't talk about it. Don't talk about it at church specifically. Don't, you know, uh, don't entertain any of those things. Um, so I just found other outlets to kind of like research on my own as I grew. School, okay. school projects, things like that, you know, reading books about uh, you know, the possibilities of, of talking to people that had passed, the you know, the paranormal things, just kind of doing my own, you know, outside research on it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I have a lot of clients that come who um, come from Christian backgrounds and have experiences or maybe they have gifts and they don't talk about it either. So I'm glad that we're talking about, thank you for being willing to talk about it here today, because I think there's a lot of people like you. Oh, yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Um, So from a place of where you are now, would you have any, any advice for them? Or would you say do the same thing, just research on your own? Oh, no, no, no. My my viewpoints change greatly. (laughs) You know, um, (laughs) being on the adult side of things, even for children, um, you know, any religion that stifles the gift that you're given, and, and I believe gifts are given by, you know, God or anyone higher, you know, someone higher, you can call it God, you can call it a universal energy, it can be, you know, whatever you believe in, but these are true gifts, it's not something that's bad or, you know, comes from evil or anything like that, um, it's pure and it's good, and it's as long as it's used for good, 
you know, keep pursuing it and allow it to flourish and don't be ashamed of, of anything that you've been given to use for that purpose. Yeah. And if a religion... Hmm? Oh, for me, if a, if a religion is, is telling you that it's, it's a bad thing or negative, then maybe you should, you know, research on that a little bit and figure out, find something that fits better for, for what you're experiencing and what you know in your heart is, is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. David, do you have anything to add? Um, not, not, I mean, not particularly. I mean, uh, for me, like I, my mom didn't give me a lot of direction. So for me, I just, I would come to her and say, Hey, I can do this or I can do this or I'm doing this or, you know, all these different things. And she'd, some things she'd be like, don't do that anymore. Like one of them is astral projection. Uh-huh. I used to do it all the time when I was a kid. I'm like, oh, I used to go visit my friends and school and all these places, <laughs> you know, and I, and I started out just going like to the end of my street and then coming back and being like, that was fun. And I would go further and further away. I'd go to my school and I'd go to other friends' houses. Then I started to go to like other continents because I'm like, oh, I saw this on TV. I want to go there. And my, and uh-huh. I told my mom about it and she's like, don't, don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, she's like, because you, you can get lost. And I'm like, okay. You know, she's like, you won't be able to find your way back to yourself again if you keep going further and further away because it mm-hmm. eats up more time in your night. And I'm like, okay. You know, but um, uh, – and another thing, too, I used to move things a lot of mind, with my mind all the time mm-hmm. when I was a little kid. And, uh, and she said, if you keep focusing on that, it'll stifle the other gifts that you're given. And I'm like, okay. But it was always like if I mentioned a spirit or anything like that as a child, she was very much, she was like, oh, okay. And she would just acknowledge keep, it and keep moving. Yeah. So I really just learned on my own with everything, you know, and for the re- religious part of it, I think as long as it's all good, you know what I mean? Then, then it's fine. Okay. Okay. So you all have an interesting story. Um about how you met, and I, I think I haven't actually heard this story, but it, it sounds like it involves some kind of spirit communication or something like that. Would you mind sharing that? Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, it involves a lot of spirit <laughs> communication, actually. So um, uh, when I started, I guess, embracing my gifts again, I was uh, in my 30s. Um, I just kept it kind of low-key. Small groups of people knew. You know, they'd come if they had a problem or something like that. Uh, I decided um, to go check out a group of people that uh, were like-minded. I had my daughter. She was um, 18 at the time. She she has, she has ability also. So she was interested. So as a, together we were going to this group. Um, we went a few times. They, they decided they were having a, a guest speaker for a seminar on, you know, raising your ability, learning about it, that kind of thing. So here is it's David. Um, I signed up for the, the seminar. The day comes we're supposed to go. My daughter and I are going. Got close to there, and I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't, I don't want to go. I, don't, I just don't want to be there. Uh, I don't think I need this, and, and I'm not interested. Mom, we're almost there. We're about three miles away. She kept telling me, you know, no, just keep going. We're almost here. We're almost here. You already paid for it. Just go. Just go. And I was like, no, I really don't want to go. Um, she kept saying, no, we're going. She's like, turn around, go back. Cause I'd stopped the car, was like turning around to go back home. She's like, you are less than a quarter mile away. Go, we're here. I want to go. Let's go. But all right. So we go, we get there. We go in. 
Um, I didn't know who David was at all. Uh, so we go in, I see him, and I'm kind of like, I think I know that person, but I don't really. It was just one of those, like, recognition kind of things. Mm-hmm. So we go through the class. One of the exercises is called the spirit in. For every, there's, like, 50-some people there. It goes around the entire room. Uh, everybody's describing who I knew as my kind of, like, the person who's been with me since I was a child. I've seen her my entire life. Um since the, my earliest memories, anytime there was something really bad happening in my life, she would show up. Um, mm. And anytime, like, I needed some kind of, like, reassurance or anything like that, she would be there. Um, if I was scared in the night, she would come, you know. And for me, it was kind of like she was like an angel to me, you know, at the time, before I knew what, like, a spirit guide would be or anything like that. Later, I referenced her as my spirit guide and about uh, – about ten, nine to ten years prior to meeting David, she would come readily. Like she would just be in the kitchen if I was cooking, or she'd show up. You know, if I was getting my hair done, or just random places. It wasn't like I needed her. At the, you know, mm-hmm. at the time of need, she would come. She was just very fluid. So everybody around the room is describing her, who she's with me all the time. My daughter sees her all the time. So you know, my daughter and I see another woman that has this crazy wild like blonde white hair and she's upset and she's screaming. So she and I describe her. Every, we're the only two people in the room that describe the lady with the white hair. Everybody else describes a woman with dark hair, darker features, um, you know, and she's standing, uh, standing in the room. So it, and 50 people go around the room. Dave says, well, everybody's partially right. The spirit I called in is my mother. And I'm like, I look at my daughter and I was like, yeah, we need to leave. I was like, he's full of it. This is like a joke. That's not his mom. She's my person. And my daughter's like, well, just let's see what happens. So the woman, and then he described the woman that Alexis and I described, and that was a woman that he had helped, a spirit that he had helped at Scotchtown, which is Patrick Henry's wife. And she comes anytime he was in Virginia. He's originally from New Jersey. Um, so he kept going, and his mom came and got behind us, and I found out it was his mother after we discussed discussed and hashed it out and had a little brief, um, I wouldn't call it an argument, but a disagreement about it. <laughs> and he said, no, I don't know why my mom is standing behind you. <laughs> and I said, that's not your mom. He's like, I don't know what's happening. And I was like, I don't either, but that's not your mom. <laughs> so um, as time grew and we realized his mother had been with me for, like I said, my entire life. She used actual projection to come at times of need for me. We had, like, a cosmic kind of connection. Um, my grandfather, later we found out my grandfather, who had passed, had been visiting Dave for a long time. And I was like, no, that's not yours. That's mine, too. <laughs> like, no, that's your grandfather. That, that's my person. I said, no, that's my grandfather. Um, so basically spirit worked together to get us together. Um, and that's how we met. And that's where we are, you know, we're, we're here now. We also have a daughter, Esme, who um, came to both of us separately years before, 15 mm-hmm. years for me, 10 years for him, yeah. before we ever met. Um, when we were with our other former spouses, telling us that we were going to be her parents. At the time, I'd already had my two children. I was like, I'm not having any more children. He had had his. He's like, I'm not having any more children. She had crazy blonde hair. His... Um, former spouse had dark hair and he's got dark hair, dark features. And he's like, there's no way I'm having a blonde haired little girl. Like, and I'm not having any more children either. 
So, but she is here and she showed herself to a multitude of people that are around us before she ever was conceived and before she ever came. Um, In fact, he's done lectures, he's done lectures on free will and how it's, even if spirit says they're going to do this, you can still kind of decide if you're going to have them or not. Well, she was definitely against the free will idea. (laughs) She she came and, and she's a force. So... Yeah, I, mean, I, I you know I've I've, sp- I've spoken to lots of children and stuff and and you know and ones that have passed on and not and all kinds of stuff and some of them really just want to have that connection with the living, so I would like mm-hmm. allow that to happen. You know, at that time in my life, I was like, okay, like come on, you can hang out with me. You know what I mean? I'll read your stories. I'll do whatever. You know, and then they off they would go, and then a little time would pass. You know, a few weeks or something, and or a few months, and then they would go. You know, so for me it was like, so this the our daughter Esme now, you know, at the time she wasn't conceived yet, but she was like, would come to me every night. Like, I'm going to be your parent. And I'm like, no, because it's different than coming and needing that connection, you know, mm-hmm. versus being like, you're going to be my dad. And I'm like, this is impossible. So, you know, <laughs> if you do this for so long, you're kind of like, well, it's not happening. So guess what? You know, you can do that. I can have a lecture on this, <laughs> you know, but obviously I was so wrong. So, and that's okay. I'm thankful for it. So, you work with children's spirit, but do you work with kids um, who are in the physical realm as well? Yes. Yes, definitely. And h- how do you help them? Like, who comes to you? Well, what, what, what's that client like? So, every everybody's individual, you know. It's not like a one-size-fits-all cookie-cutter approach in any way, shape, or form, and that's, that's with readings, that's with helping people, whether they're adults or children. Um, it's basically, usually the parents will call us kind of, uh, or, or they'll see us at an event or something like that and say, you know, hey, off to the side, like, my kids see people or, you know, they're doing these things and, and we're worried about them. You know, we think, do they have, like, one of the common ones, do they have schizophrenia? Do they have this? You know, what do you see? And it's like, no, they're pretty normal, and it's okay. Let's sit and talk. So, um, you know, and, and for children specifically that are uh, dealing with, you know, growing abilities and things like that, it can be scary, uh, you know, and we obviously don't want them to feel stifled or ashamed or like something's wrong with them. So we make ourselves available to them and, and their parents um, pretty much 24-7. So, you know, because a lot of it happens between, you know, in the middle of the night, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. And if you have a kid that's being woken up by a spirit 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning and they are like, I can't go back to sleep, I'm scared, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so we teach a lot of protection and we teach a lot of, um, you know, understanding and just whatever they need, we, we give. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talk through the process. We work through it. You know, what works for one might not work for another. Some kids have stronger abilities in different areas. If there's something we're not familiar with, um, we, we you know, direct them to the, our, the best resource we can find for that situation. Um, mm-hmm. If children have, sometimes it does cause a little, uh, you know, where they actually do need to talk to someone that's like a therapist or something like that because it can be traumatizing if something really horrifying comes to you, you know. Um, so if that happens, we lead them to the to the person that's best to fit for whatever they're going through, um, you know. And and the, above all, the, the the biggest thing we teach everyone is that fear is what keeps you safe. So if something's scaring you, step away from it. Okay. 
Okay. Yeah, this I have clients like that too. So I, I think this is going to be real useful to a lot of people as well. Um, can you tell the difference between when it is a genuine um, spirit visitation versus mental illness? Yes. Um, yes. Definitely. There, it's, it's part of our gift. I don't really exactly know how it works other than we can, like, tap into what you're seeing. It plays out like a movie. But also oh. we can tap into the spirit that's connecting with you if there's not one. And if you're, we can look and kind of see, like, what the process is happening with you, like, medic, like mentally then um, we tell you that, too. Like, know that this is what's happening, and we think you need to be, you know, seen or evaluated, you know, medically or um, that's therapeutically. That's really useful. Because I get a lot of people who are scared to admit that that's what's going on because they think they're going to be labeled as crazy when they're really just seeing what they're seeing, you know? Right. Uh, so and it, it can be done. Yeah, yeah. So what about um, kids who have died, and and do do parents come to you with um, like wondering, you know, maybe you know if they weren't there, like what happened? Was it suicide or or this just because of grief, stuff like that? Mm -hmm. Do y'all do that kind of? Thing? Yeah, we we do that frequently. In fact, we've done some support groups with that. Um, you know, and again, everything is individualized. Um, people, you know, here we need. People, as humans, we feel the need to have that closure. Uh, it's yeah. hard to move forward from, you know, events. We're not, and you hear this a lot, we're not built to lose our children, you know, as parents. So that can be catastrophic for a lot of people and just shut them down completely. Um, yeah. And that process, you know, we are able to connect them with their child allow them to know that it doesn't stop here and it keeps moving forward, you know, and just that piece of, of knowledge and, and, and information a lot of times heals part of that wound from losing the child and allows the parent or family member to start the process of healing. Does it matter how a person dies? So, so for example, with this corona thing, we have people that are dying alone. Or maybe, right. you know, murder or a suicide or let's say, you know, these people who go off in the wilderness and fall and, you know, their body's never found or it's found much later. Does, does any of that matter? How as, you far of, as far as the connection we have? Um, no, as far as, far as for the what happened itself. Yeah. Uh -huh. Okay. So, like, on a religious level, people, I'm just going to put this out there because a lot of people have, uh, you know, the the fear that, oh, they killed themselves, they're going to hell or they're going to be in purgatory and things like that, that's not, uh, that's not what happens. Not always the case. <laughs> yeah, that's not, it doesn't, it doesn't really work like that, right? Um, here on earth, we're here to learn and move forward, and, and we, we equate it to like a book. Um, and you finish your book, you're the ultimate white light, great light, universal energy, recirculate back into whatever you want. Um, but so you can be on like level one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, let's say there's seven levels to the book, there's seven levels that you work through to become that ultimate white light. Um, if you are in a bad place here and you end your life by suicide, it doesn't mean you go to hell. It means you still have to work through those processes. Sometimes it's easier here. Sometimes it's easier there, but either way, you still have to work through that. 
a lot of times just us connecting with those people that have passed allows them to realize that they're they can move forward and they're not stuck still in the same thing. Some people when they when they commit suicide, they're already good. They realize they're like, I'm out of there, it's gone, I don't have any of the burdens I have left. I've learned my lessons and I'm moving forward very fast. So again, it's a very individualized process and it depends on the, the person um, and what state they were in at the time. Uh, people that are murdered, just because that act happened does not mean that they're stuck where they, where they were murdered or where the action happened or that they're like going through hell on the other side. A lot of times, I mean, sure that does, it does they don't really get stuck they might want to stay there until somebody comes and they can hear the story. If it, like, say if it was like an unsolved murder or something like that, they might hang around the location because people tend to come like us and can go like, oh, okay, you know, this is what happened. This is the person. Can we look for this? Can we reopen this case? Um, you know, and, and again, that's just a very individualized situation. Um, but a lot, a lot of learning has to do with forgiveness and it's forgiveness for ourselves and other people. So when we learn that lesson, whether it's here or there, it allows us to move forward by like leaps and bounds. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do um, the spirits, like discontented spirits ever come to you? Obviously people do, but do does it work in the reverse? Do they come to you and they're like, oh, these people can help me and, you know, send you messages or ask for your assistance in some way? Yeah, totally. Um, well, they, they do, they've been doing it all my life. So like I saw yeah. about being a kid, being afraid, you know, I don't know what, who they are, or what they're doing, but that fear is what made me and sort of into who I am now, you know, where if somebody comes in the room and they're, you know, super angry or visit me in the middle of the night, and wake me up and they're super angry and they're in my face and all kinds of stuff. It's like, I'm like, well, why are you like this? Let's, let's try to deescalate this. Why are you the way you are? Why are you so angry? Why are you disgruntled? Why are you behaving the way you are? And sometimes that's scary because it gets even more intense. So uh, I, I did it very, most of my life, I did it very like private, you know, just to a few people would do readings and do whatever. Um, so my ex had some, had a person that she was working with and, you know, my ex was like, Hey, you know, my husband does this stuff, blah, blah you know, at the time, you know, maybe he could help you. And I was upset that she even put my name out there. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, I don't want people to to think I'm some sort of, you know, witch doctor person <laughs> or some sort of crazy thing because I grew up in a smaller town and my mom was heckled a lot for, oh. for having having the gift. So I had that, you know, on me. It was like, hey, you don't, you don't put yourself out there that much. So, uh, so I went to the girl's house and um, – and I talked about a couple of spirits and whatever, you know, and I was like, okay, whoever it is that's messing with you is up in the attic and they're not happy. So I said, you know, can I go up there? She said, sure. I went up in the attic and the guy was really, really angry. One, because I could see him and I could talk to him. So I went up the, went up the stairs, went into the attic and I'm like looking down along attic and there's boxes and, you know, stuff in normal attics. And there's a window at the end that I'm like, okay, he's down there in that corner because me going up there now pushed him further away. Mm. So, and now he's sort of cornered. Um, and he was really, really angry, like super angry. Like it, it's hard to describe, but it's like every fear happening. So I started walking a little closer to him because I'd never pushed the envelope before. So I said, I might as well, might as well try it. Cause that's what I do. I push the envelope. So I did it and I was like, okay, he's madder. And I said, well, let me see what happens if I 
you know, I kept asking him, like, what's going on? You know, why are you like this? You know, it makes no sense. So I got a little closer to him, and he got more matter and more matter. And, uh, I was probably 10 feet away from him at this point. And then I took, like, one more little step, and a bunch of, like, boxes fell. And I was like, okay, I'm out of here. Like, I, I learned my lesson. I'm not going to mess with you. Please leave this family alone. I wrapped up with the family, and I'm, and I'm driving home, and I'm like, man, that was – I shouldn't have done that. You know, that, that was scary. And then I look up in my rearview mirror, and that guy's in the back seat of my car. Oh. And he's really angry, like way angrier than he was before. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. I'm like, what did I just do? And then so I'm sitting in, the, in, the, in my driveway waiting and waiting and waiting, and I'm like, okay, you cannot come into my house. Like, this is not okay. So I go inside, and a couple hours later, he's in my house. And I'm like, oh, no. And he's just sitting at my kitchen table. And I'm like, okay, there's a reason why he's here. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm afraid for my, you know, my kids and things like that, and I'm fearful for myself because I've never messed this much before, <laughs> you know, to, with someone who's aggravated. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so yeah, after like a week of trying to talk to him every night, he eventually tells me why he's angry. So what happened was him and his wife made a deal, and they lived in that house that the family was in that I went to visit. So they made a deal that they were going to uh, meet each other when they passed. So one was sick, one wasn't sick. So he passed first. Yeah, he passed, then she passed. And she went on, and he stayed at the house. Oh. And he, and he was like, you know, I don't know how many years it was, but it was a long time. So he was getting angrier and angrier and angrier because people would come in and out of the house, the living, you know, and dead because they'd bring them with them, and none of them were his wife. And he mm. felt very trapped and cornered. He was trying to live up to his. He was basically trying to live up to his end of the deal, you know, by waiting for her there. And she went on and did her own thing. So, uh-huh. so, uh, so we get into that, and I'm like, so I, I contact his wife, bring his wife into the room, and uh, you know, and they meet up, and then they, God. they both left, and then mm. like. Five, six months later, they both showed up again. And I was like, what's going on? Like, why are you here? Like, you know, the anger's gone. They're happy. They're good. And they're just there for like a night, and then they're gone. Like mm. a quick thank you. Uh-huh. So that made me, like, really try to understand if the spirit's disgruntled or really aggravated or if a sight, you know, if it's like, this is a demonic bad sight. I'm like, well, why is it? And that sometimes yeah. gets me into a lot of trouble. But <laughs> but sometimes, most of the time, it's it's there's something underlying. Uh, yeah. You know, that, that something has to come out and happen, and or they just need to get something off their chest, and then they move on, and that's it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we have, you know, we have, uh, between us, we have five children. Four of them have ability. So uh, our nights at home can sometimes, depending on the situation, can be filled with all the kids being woken up by different people at different times you know, or us being woken up, depending on what the situation is. Um, believe it or not, like full moons, things like that, they really have a lot of energy with them, and mm-hmm. we get a lot more traffic through the house those times of night. Um, just people wanting to talk or, or uh, you know, get to unload or say, hey, yeah. you know, can you help me work through this and so I can keep moving forward. Um, and and that, we get up and we do it and go back to bed, you know. <laughs> 
So is there a way to turn it on and off or, like, put up a boundary and be like, okay, I'm only open between the hours of 9 and 5 or, you know, whatever? You, you, can, you, can't, you can't turn it off or on. It's kind of like a television in the background, you know, when you're in the kitchen cooking or something. The TV's on, but you're not really paying attention to it. Um, we set boundaries for things that could be, you know, we, I'll call it bad, with bad intentions or bad things. Um, we have kind of like nights that are free and open, you know. Come on, come on in. If you need something, tonight's the night, you know. So, you know, for the most part, if, if they wake you up and and it's like, no, I'm not doing this right now, they're, if they're respectful, which most of them are, like 99% are, are respectful, they I'm sorry, you know, and they leave, and they'll, they'll pop back in, you know, during the day or ne- the next night or something, or when we reopen, you know. <laughs> but um, mm-hmm. for the most part, you know, or if it's something that's really, really needed, uh, then we pay attention to it regardless. That's just who we are. But, yes, you can kind of put it on the back burner and ask, ask Spirit to respect your wishes. It doesn't always happen, but it, for the most part, they do. Yeah. I, I always tell people, um, well, not always, but sometimes if they're asking, you know. So I always tell people to, like, either journal or or something to that effect and, and allow that time, like that 30-minute window. Like, this is your time. Yeah. Get and, contact and let's and, get it out. Yeah, and then you can just write down whatever their messages are or whatever. And then you can shut that. And then it's easy because it makes your brain, like, process things differently because you're actively doing something with your hand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and then, like, once you put that pen down, shut the book, then, yeah, then that's, your brain can shut that part off. Mm-hmm. Or put it, like put it, you know, kind of put a curtain over it. Mm-hmm. So, David, you had mentioned uh, with the spirit following you. Um, I also have mm-hmm. lots of clients who pick up, hit, I call them hitchhikers. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have any, like, wisdom about how to, to make that less likely or what to do if you do have a hitchhiker or more than one? Okay, so um, the uh, yes, yeah, yes, I guess, yes and no. <laughs> um, so a, uh, a real quick, like, funny hitchhiking story. I was at a friend's house, and uh, I was telling him, he he learned that I was into this stuff, and I did this really well, and he started asking me a lot of questions and stuff, and I was at his house for dinner. And I was like, hey, there's some, you know, talking to different spirits and stuff. He's like, yeah, that's so-and-so and so-and-so. And I said, there's a random woman here. And I said, she's playing that piano you have. And he's like, I don't, I don't know who that is. And I'm like, where'd you get the piano from? He's like, well, I got it from an estate sale. I'm like, okay. So, that, you know, you've got a hitchhiker in your house now, but it's their piano. So if you go to, like, antique shops and all these other things and get these things, there's probably, there might be an attachment to it because there's somebody else that really meant a lot to them. So it doesn't always have to be a hitchhiker to the person, but it can be a hitchhiker to an artifact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you pick up if you pick up a hitchhiker, then you can ask them to leave or to go see somebody who can help them. Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. and I get that often where someone's like, I don't know what to do, and I'm like, I'll take care of them. Tell them to come to me. Okay. And then and then I do that. You know, I do it often. And, and then the the that's the easier side of things. Like the darker side of things like that are. You know, when you visit, uh, say, there's, you know, everybody's got the, the paranormal, like, um, experiences, things like that going on. When you go visit sites like that, it's really important to not allow, I call it, uh, like, exchange or taking of energy. 
Like mm-hmm. some people say like, oh, use my energy to be able to come through whatever. You don't ever want to do that. Um, yeah. They have their own energy and they can use their own energy, trust me. But if you allow that <laughs> process to begin, you're stuck. It takes a lot of work to get that undone. Um, mm-hmm. So just it's, it's very much be careful what you wish for because <laughs> you, you may get more than you bargained for. Um, you know, and to remember that intent is, is like 90% of everything. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, some people are like, it'd be so cool if they followed me home or so cool if I could have this experience outside of here. It's not always that cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, and some, some, some hitchhikers are there because they see that they can help you more so than somebody else that can help you that might be in your immediate circle. And that might be why you went yeah. to that site or why you have that hitchhiker to begin so with. So it's not always a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. So can you reach anybody? Anybody, like yeah. living dead or like, um, you know, somebody who's been dead 10 minutes versus somebody who's been dead for thousands of years, does it matter? Um, not, we haven't found that it matters yet. Um, just a lot of, the dip, there there are differences with connecting with spirit. Um say, like, we do a lot of, we get a lot of people that want to connect with, like, celebrities and things like that, and we do that for, like, their, even the celebrities, like, immediate circle, family, friends, um, loved ones, uh, and we can get them as soon as, like, 20 minutes after they've passed to, like, years after they've passed to, I mean, we go to historical sites um, for multiple organizations and do contact spirit that are there, uh, you know, like George Washington Patrick Henry, you know, people that have been dead hundreds of years, um, and we haven't found one yet that we haven't really been able to contact. We've been able to contact some that don't want to talk. You know, they'll be like, yes, what do you want? <laughs> so it's kind of uncomfortable. <laughs> like Dave says, like, it's like being in a room with someone who really doesn't want to talk to you or doesn't like you, and they're kind of like, why are you bothering me? <laughs> so we're, we're pretty respectful. Um, if they don't want to engage, we don't push that. That's not something we're about, you know. Um, we treat people the same way in, in the living as the dead. So, it's, we're like I said, we're just ultimately respectful. But there hasn't been anyone we haven't um, been able to contact that's passed. Um, living people can be tricky because, and it's not about connecting with them. It's just about um, sometimes people are teetering on one side or the other, so it's hard to tell if they're actually alive or passed. Mm-hmm. Um so those those get the, the 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 balance in there gets tricky sometimes. You can't tell whether they're living or dead, you know. Um, and uh, and then there's times when people are getting ready to pass, um, and they come. They're they've already started the separation process, and they'll come. Like my my friend's father, he was in the process of passing. She was at home. He was in the hospital, and he came and said, "Hey, tell tell her that you know this is happening now." So I got on the phone and I said, hey, I'm just letting you know your dad's here. And, um, and like, five minutes after that, he passed. So it was just, oh. a, you know, it's just very, it depends on the individual. Mm-hmm. What about um, pets? Can you get pets? Yeah, yeah, we can, yeah, we can do pets. Um, or I can do with pets more so than maybe Julie yeah. does. Yeah, Dave, Dave's more with the animal side, oh. the pet side than I am. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, they don't like jump out me at first, but yeah, I mean, yeah, totally. If we're talking to someone doing a regular reading or like 
if they just want light stuff or whatever, a lot of times the pets will start coming in towards the end, like, hey, I'm here, I'm still around. And then we have a, we've had a lot of pickup and just people wanting to connect just only with their pets. Um, and they'll call and say, like, yeah, just let me know who's around, and we'll go through, like, five or ten people, and then they're like, well, I really just want to talk to my cat. And it's like, you should have that in the beginning. Um, and then, you know, connect with the animal, and, and it's great. But um, yeah. It seems like there's, like, a, at least for me, you know, I, I just, I learn from, you know, learning, growing and doing more and doing more and doing more. Um, so for me, it's almost like, Horses seem to have the closest connection to us, like spiritually. I've heard that too. And then, yeah. and then it goes like down. It goes like horses, and then like uh, like monkeys and birds, and it just keeps like going down like a little list. At least for me, like I haven't seen anything closer than a horse, like a, a spirit connection. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, I, I don't think I've done an elephant or something yet. Maybe that's more. I don't know, <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, you know. But just for myself, like, so I have, like, a little list of chain, you know, animals that tend to be closer, you know. And dogs always mm-hmm. tend to have, like, obviously everything has so little spirit and personality and, and everything. Every living creature does. But uh, One of the questions we get asked a lot about um, about pet communication is, like, how do you hear what they're saying or thinking? And it, they sound like people. So, you know, when you when they're looking at the lights at Christmas and looking at the Christmas tree, they're really thinking, these are beautiful lights, and I really enjoy them. It's not just, oh, they're just staring at the lights for no reason. They actually have thoughts and feelings and, and all those kind of things just the same. You know, when you yell at them, they they feel hurt just the same as people do. Um, it's not They're not less, you know, sentient than, than humans. So what about um, plants? trees, the land, rivers, stuff like that. I, I, don't, I don't know how many people would ask you to connect with that kind of stuff, but um, do you ever get any spirit essence from those kind of creatures? Actually, yeah. Um, yes. They, everything has an, its own individual, like, energy, energy signature um, and spiritual kind of uh, signature also, depending on what it is. Um, you know, Energy can't ever be destroyed. It can only be transformed. We can exchange energy with plants, animals, um, you know, each other, uh, stones, ground, earth, trees, all that stuff. Um, And that's an equal energy field, an equal energy force. And we find trees, water um, specifically to hold memories. Um, and we can access that just by touching it. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of times, sometimes we can do it by, like, like remote viewing kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. But for the most part, definitely touching it, you can pull up so much. And the only way that happens is for that to be, like, a conscious effort kind of thing to have imprinted and stayed. Um, and, and trees and plants talk to each other. Uh, they have mm-hmm. their own little communication system. So those things are, are, are very valid and, and real. Okay, I'm going to go out on a little limb here, and maybe. <laughs> okay. Um, you can go on even further. So what about um, things that are, like, considered mythological to some people? So what I'm talking about now is, like, aliens, fairies, leprechauns, things like that. Have you had any contact with 
with that realm of creatures? Um, some, yes. I have. We haven't had any like with leprechauns. Mm-hmm. Um, I we only talk about things we've experienced like firsthand. So it's not like uh-huh. something we read and it's like, oh yeah, this is real. It's got to be something we've experienced again. Um, I I had my first experience with anything. I didn't know what it was at first. I thought it was like a little demon or something, but it was a fairy. Um, David had experience with them multiple times before yeah. that. So my first experience was like, what is this thing? It was like very small, buzzy, and I didn't. I really did not have a clue what what was happening. Um, so I was glad he was there to explain it to me. But um, uh, as far as um, in aliens, um, yes, because we can connect with them. Uh, it's not. It's not always as fluid as connecting with other other um, entities. But we've been able to connect through people's memories and also directly to them yeah. um, at different times. Yeah. So, Some, um, so, no, go ahead. I was going to say, some are more, it all goes through like, yeah, it all goes through like that third eye, the connection, and uh-huh. some are more fluid with it than others. Some creatures? Um, yeah. Creatures okay. and aliens, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so the fairy thing, is they're interesting because they were sent to, like check me out by someone <laughs> and I didn't understand any of that but um they're they're very real and I, I would never I would have been telling you no I have not seen them so I can't say yes but I've seen them and experienced them <laughs> and they're it's very real um like like I said leprechauns I've not had experience with um mm-hmm. now like things like Bigfoot and stuff like that I've we have had communication with someone that has had an experience with, for lack of better term, that's all you could really come up with. Is that that's what it is, or it's some anomaly of a creature um, uh-huh. that fully fits that description, and it's real. It's not like they made it up, and it's not like anything like that. Um, so, and that goes back to you know, kind of how we read people and determine if it's like a mental issue, or if it's a real issue, or if it really happened, or if they're just making it up for attention, or you know, those kind of things. Um, so I haven't experienced the creature itself firsthand, but have experienced someone that really, truly saw something that fit that description. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that so, would be really, really useful for people because I, I know there are tons of people who have had an encounter, an experience, a something, a dream, a, you know, and they're just mm-hmm. like, I don't know what it was. And if they could have some closure on it, they'd be like, well, good, now I know what it was, you know? Yeah, and that and that does help. But it, it also helps people from thinking that they're going crazy, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, am I really yeah. going crazy or is this really happening? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And some of the encounters – Go ahead. Some of the encounters do feel like a dream depending on what it's with. Yeah, what they need. Yeah. Can you give me an example? Um, so say you're, well, just like the, the my first fairy encounter, I was, it, it put me in a state of almost like, I felt like I was like in like a foggy dream kind of thing. And I was like, what is happening? I was just glad that I was with someone else that could talk me through the process. Mm-hmm. Um, so purposefully at different times, you know, whether it comes at night or if it comes and actually that's the intent is to put you in that type of state so that you 
aren't 100% aware of what's happening. It depends on what the intent of the creature is. If they're coming to get information from you or coming to learn or have you asked for them to come, you know. Um, so it really depends on what the purpose is as to what kind of state of mind you're in. Okay, that makes sense. And it can be a form of shock, too, because it's very shocking <laughs> if you're not expecting these things to happen and something yeah. happens. And it's like, I don't think that was real. I think it was a dream. It's, you know, your brain puts you in a place to be able to try to rationalize, process, and recover from that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what is your the, the funnest client or the most rewarding work that you do? So basically I'm asking you, why do you do this? Why, you know? What keeps you going? Uh, um, for us, or I know for me, for sure, you know, I know for both of us, I'm pretty sure, you know, it's, it's every single reading we do is, is that way. You know, it doesn't matter what to what facet. You know, I, I work every day, all day. I don't ever stop. I just, mm-hmm. I never shut it off. It never stops for me. And that's a choice, you know, I guess I sort of make. Sometimes it shuts off, but for the most part, I'm always working all the time. Um, so for me, I mean, doing readings and connecting and helping and, and all that kind of stuff and, and digging to the bottom of why something is upset or, you know, not okay in some ways, you know, rewarding for me in every way. That's mm-hmm. why I do it. Yeah, you know, it's for it's part of why we're here, you know, where everybody's like, oh, what's my, what's my life purpose? What's, you know, what are we here for? Well, everybody literally has the exact same purpose and it's to – learn and move forward and help everyone around you do the same in whatever capacity that is. And it can change over time. So it might not just be in one way or the other, but if you're all, if everybody goes to that direction to help each other move forward and be the best individual we can be, you know, and however you're doing that, that's the goal. That's the key. And that's why we do what we do to help other people move forward because life, because we're human and we're here to have experiences and, you know, they're not always wonderful experiences. Sometimes it takes a little bit of what we have to help somebody move past that experience and to gain the knowledge and learn from it and move forward and to keep that process going. Mm-hmm. So that's why we ultimately do what we do, mm-hmm. whether it's for living or those that have passed. Yeah. I've been speaking with Trudy and David Allen Brown, and you can learn more about them at davidallenbrownpsychicmedium.com. You can also book your own reading with them at the same site. I thank you guys so much for being here. It's been a pleasure. I could just, we're out of time, or else I would just keep going. So you're, it's been a pleasure. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Wonderful. Yep. And to our listeners, if you want more of this, check them out, davidallenbrownpsychicmedium.com, or you could check us out at Pan Society. .net. We're also on Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter, if those are your preferred platforms. And if you'd like to support us with donations, you can do that at buymeacoffee.com backslash Society. Much love to you all. I'm Laura Giles for Society, and I'll see you next week. 